If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I love you. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm just gonna try to try it. Okay, do it again. I don't care. Yeah, yeah go, go for it. Welcome back. We are the Film Drifters. It's, it feels a little weird to say that. It's been, what, like at least five, six months. Um, but we're back. We're back for 2023. Uh, 52 weeks in the year. We hope to bring you 52 episodes. That is our goal. And joining me here today is once again, Kat Liznikova. Welcome back to the show. Hi, old friend. It does feel like eternity that we've been here together yeah. talking movies. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I feel like so much has happened. Yeah. I'm saying welcome to the show as if the show has been going on and you're just jumping back on. But the fact of the matter is you and I over the last, I don't know, month or so, we're like, we need to record. We need to find some movies to talk about. And then, you know, the holidays happen. We tried to figure out a time, but it just didn't work out. Stuff happens. But now I'm glad that you and I are here where we were able to uh, find two movies that we both wanted to watch. And uh, yeah, it feels like it, it took a lot of effort, but now that 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 bowler is is moved is being moved up the hill, I think it's it should be easier. So that's the hope, at least. Yeah, I actually think that in the last, I don't know, five months, you and I mm -hmm. have found some movies to talk yeah. about. Okay, we just I never mean, like got to it because life <laughs> just happens. Yeah. just life just happens, and it's so hard to correlate both of us like coordinate yeah. both of yeah. us yeah you're a family yeah. man I'm still a traveling gal yeah <laughs> yeah schedules are just wild wait by the way so you're traveling so the reason to travel is still the same reason that you were no. traveling no mm -hmm. okay no, I'm now mainly traveling for work, work. now that COVID's over everyone's yeah. shooting on location so Ooh. I'm I've just been bopping around I'm we're doing this in the perfect time because I'm about to leave and I will be out of town for the Globes, but we will, you and I will be texting yes. and discussing it. So when you say out of town, like out of the state, out of the country or both? Oh, no, out of the state. I'm going to okay. Arizona on Sunday, which mm. whenever this comes out, who knows, it will have already happened. We'll get it out. No, it'll be quick. I promise. It'll, okay. it'll be quick. Yeah. You and I, I, I feel like we're we're able to, I mean, we might be a little rusty this time, but I think we're able to crank these up pretty easily without making a lot of edits. Yes, we do make some edits. It's not- We do have a good banter. And I yeah. think, um, yeah, the way we watch movies is different, but when we mm -hmm. come together, it creates a beautiful symphony of conversation. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear uh, what like happens how you put today. That. Yes. Because we haven't talked about these at all. So I'm really yeah. excited yeah. to actually jump into it and see what's going on. All right. So here we go. Today, we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about the Golden Globe nominations, um, who was nominated, what we thought about those nominations, who should win, who will win. So that should be really fun. We'll, we will also be reviewing The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser, as well as The Banshees of Inishirin, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Funny story. I told my wife, hey, do you want to watch this movie with me? It's called The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. She said, The Banshees of Ed Sheeran? What? I, she thought it was actually a, a concert like thing on HBO Max. That's that was pretty so funny. funny. I yeah. think you have a way with women because when I got the outline for um, our episode um, under Golden Globes, it said, What makes you happy? Or like, and I was like, Oh, we're going to talk about what makes me happy. Oh. This is going to be a beautiful <laughs> therapy session. Yes, yes. And then, um, 
it's actually not that. What about the globes made you happy? But exactly, it, it, it not just in like, general. It feels like maybe you are having some maybe introspective moments maybe over the last few months. Maybe we totally. Talk about that. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk yeah. to Myron about what makes me happy. Yeah, what does maybe, make me happy? And then I was like, oh, it's the globes. Yes, yes. Maybe some of that might come out a little bit. What makes you happy during the course of our show? First things first, let's get to the rundown as we talk about the Golden Globes. All right. So Golden Globes last year, they took a hiatus. It wasn't on TV. And, uh, you know, we were kind of asking that question, you know, that going along with that metaphor, if a tree falls in the, in the forest and no one hears it happen, did it really happen? And that was kind of, we were joking, you know, if the Globes weren't televised and someone just wrote an article about it, it's kind of weird. It's like, did it actually happen? Does anyone remember any of the Golden Globe winners? Well, anyway, I do uh, not. I, I don't actually, either. Globes, and I know I've said this several times before, are my favorite um, ceremony. Like, I love that they kick off the season of awards. It's really interesting to see who comes out, yeah. you know, after the holidays, who's yeah. wearing, like, it's just a really beautiful yeah. time. It's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. And just to see what was recognized to start off with. And I cannot remember anything about last year. Yeah. So the big question I have, I actually don't know this, is I was going to ask who is hosting the Golden Globes? And it's not Ricky Gervais. I'm a little sad, but there was probably a, a slim to none chance that he'd be back, given all the controversy they had. This will probably be the most, be the most middle of the road, uh, very most conservative Golden Globes we've, had, we've seen in a while. It's also Would on a agree? Tuesday. Yeah. Is it? It's yeah, it's on Tuesday. That's weird. Isn't it weird? It's That's on really the 10th. Um, yeah. double check me, but um, it's on Tuesday. Okay. Which is like who's like who's watching that? Is it because of no, I guess it's not because of football, because every year it's on yeah. a Sunday. Yeah, January 10th. Yeah, it's a Tuesday. That's really weird. What I here's a funny story. What I associate with Tuesdays, they always have those restaurant deals to get people out of the house. Like Taco have, like, Tuesday? Yeah, Taco Tuesday. There you go. Or every restaurant has like some sort of special thing. I don't know. I, I don't just, know what that has to do with this. But <laughs> I just wonder what happened. Maybe yeah. you and I should have looked into that, but yeah. um, sorry, listeners, maybe, we're really rusty. <laughs> maybe, maybe the location was booked or something, and maybe they wanted to save a little money this year by not booking it on a weekend, like a wedding, maybe. They're just like, just be happy they're happening. Yeah, I'm happy they're happening. I'm yeah. so am I. I just, I'm not really sure about these categories and the nominees, yeah. but yeah, that's why so, we're here. So looking at the list here, um, you know, the Globes have had a tradition of, of being a little outrageous. Uh, I'm talking about like nominating the tourist for uh, best musical slash comedy, things of that nature. But would you say that the, uh, the nominations this year have, are pretty standard, um, you know, very middle of the road, anything crazy, anything stick out that just seemed a little bit off to you? A lot is off to me, honestly. How so? Um, well, first of all, I, the films that are nominated for best picture drama mm -hmm. are just kind of all over the place. Really? Which is yeah. maybe good, yeah. but like we have like a, what is it? Like a sci-fi avatar, a very like um, action packed maverick. Yeah. Um, we have Tar that is, I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't yet, but it yep. stars my favorite Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then there's Elvis, mm -hmm. like, Elvis best movie of 2022 mm -hmm. it's just 
I don't know. I was going to ask you, like, do you, I keep hearing that 2022 has been the best year for film since 2019. Mm-hmm. Do you agree do with agree? that? Because looking at this ballot, I have to disagree. None of these scream the best in like two or three years. I think this has been a, a year for very good movies, um, not a year for excellent movies. Top Gun, in my opinion, uh, spoiler alert, uh, spoiler alert, is actually my number one movie of the year. I know that sounds crazy to have a a blockbuster starring Tom Cruise, uh, you know, be my number one movie of the year. But yeah, it, it's right up there. It's weird that that's my number one. But is it, though? I don't know. So I see in front of me a list of very good movies. Elvis, great. Fablemans, no, good. You don't like Elvis? I refuse to watch it. I've started it several times at home wow. on an airplane. I cannot get into it. And I know we've had this conversation about like how I think Baz Luhrmann, as brilliant of a director that he is, I think wow. he peaked at Romeo and Juliet. Interesting. Okay. And you That's guys fair. have tried to convince me to rewatch Moulin Rouge and give some of his other films um, yeah. another go, but he completely lost me at um, The Great Gatsby. And like yeah. everything since then is just, yeah, like it's just like Romeo and Juliet and that's it for me. Yeah. What, what I see here on this list is a list of good movies that I'm sure you like, but also a list of movies that are maybe a little bit polarizing. I know for, for example, Best Picture Musical Slash Comedy, Everything Everywhere All at Once is, was nominated. And you Bizarre. didn't like that film at all, right? No, I like yeah. refused to watch it until I just recently watched it on a, on the flight because it was a 10 hour flight. And I was like, okay, I'll just suffer yeah. through it. <laughs> and I did, it was complete suffering, but I do have to say something really interesting Yeah. that usually every year I have seen every, by the time the gloves come out or like mm-hmm. roll out, I have seen every film in the best picture drama um, mm-hmm. nomination this year, I think I've only seen two, maybe three. Mm. And then um, I've I've now seen all of them in the best picture musical or comedy. And I think it's because some of these I wouldn't have um, considered, first of all, as best pictures in the in a comedy or musical category. Yeah. And looking at some of the other categories here, best actress, motion picture, drama, it's the usual suspects, right? Hold on. Uh, Except for Jennifer Lawrence, who was snubbed uh, for Causeway. Uh, I uh, love Causeway. Did you like Causeway? I love I Causeway. I have not seen it yet, okay. but okay. I, I've heard really good things about it. And it's, yeah. it's honestly on my list. Yeah. So that's one of the bigger snubs is like Jennifer Lawrence and like Kiki Palmer for Nope. Like That was a snub. Uh, I really liked her in that movie. It's one of the only, I personally did not like Nope very much. I know that, that sounds crazy. I know it does sound crazy because you guys were really it. excited for it. I yeah. didn't care for it. Um, yeah. My biggest snub for the year and like call me naive or something yeah. or like really sensitive, but I see No Where Crawdads Sing. And that was a beautiful film. And the only category that it's in is with Taylor Swift in the okay. original song. I haven't seen it. All I know is the response has not been good for it, good to it. Um, I don't know. But you like the book, right? I like the movie a yeah. lot, okay. like a lot. The book just kind of like drags on and then picks up. But the film like really has you going until the very end. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. 
So I'm just surprised that it's like nowhere on this list except for in the music category. And then also um, going back to Top Gun, um, no Tom Cruise in best actor, yeah. best actor category. Is it because it's just like so predictable and so him? Or uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, this is like the best version of Tom Cruise that we've seen in a while. He does. He acts. He's really trying here. And I thought it, it worked well. But yeah, I, I wasn't expecting him to get a nomination, you know, for playing Pete Mitchell again. But yeah. I'm just I'm just thrilled it got I it got nominated for for uh best picture. So I also I, yeah. saw Buzz that like people are upset that Will Smith isn't nominated for best actor, but it's like, are we surprised? Are we uh, yeah, honestly. And um I have not seen his film, not because of him. Not mm-hmm. because I'm not a fan of him, but I am not a fan of the director. He tends to be very heavy-handed and on the nose. I'm referring to Antoine Fuqua, for my taste, yeah. at least, other than Training Day. Um, so what I'd like to do then right now is ask you a few questions here in terms of uh, who will win and who should win. Okay. I'm ask you, best picture drama, who will win, who should win? Okay. Who will win? Avatar. Who should win? Haven't seen it yet. Tar. Okay. It should just combine those two movies, right? Avatar, Tar. yeah. Yeah, anyway. I, <laughs> I can I, see I, that being like a little like, you know, fuck up. Like they say, oh, Tar won. And then everyone for Avatar stands up or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that happen. Yeah. What I think is going to happen, I think the Fablemans will win. I think Top Gun should win. Um, best picture, musical or comedy. I'm going to So skip- you and I are both agreeing that Elvis has no chance. Has no chance. No chance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best actress, motion picture, drama. In my opinion, I have yet to see her performance, but the the clips that I've seen, she she's on another level entirely. So I got to give it to Kate Blanchett. Kate she Blanchett, will win. hands she down. Win. Yeah. She's the best. Like hands down, Kate Blanchett. Sorry to go on another tangent, but why the hell not? Um, so you and I both talked. We did not like Blonde at all. But did you like Anna Darmus in, in the film at, at, at the no. very least? No. Okay. No, I'm surprised. Like, I'm actually surprised it's even up. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like really shocked for how bad the film was. The film was awful. I, I can rant for about an hour on how shitty this movie was mm-hmm. and how like irresponsible the filmmaking was on so many levels but i will say i did like her in the film um you know her accent be damned i i was fine with it some people didn't like it didn't I like it was great you didn't like it okay no no right. i just it literally the entire film it was me watching anna de Armas play a version or like a caricature of marilyn monroe mm. like i just i I'm sorry. I I didn't believe it. Okay. Like it wasn't convincing for me. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know who the, right now could play uh, Marilyn Monroe and I buy it. Like I, I'm sorry. I'm just going to put it out there. Seeing Kim Kardashian in Marilyn's dress was more believable than Anna Darmas as Marilyn. All right. So I don't know how much of Elvis that you actually watched here. But I have a very uh, intriguing question for you. Okay. I have a, an, an intriguing question for you. You have Marilyn Monroe and you have Elvis. You have two larger than life figures where anyone that attempts to play them will most likely come off as a caricature. Now, I don't know if how many scenes that you saw of Elvis with Austin Butler in it, how early you turned it off, but who played the more convincing character, Austin Butler or Anna Darwin? 
Okay, in this case, I'm going to go Anna Darmus because Austin Butler what? turned okay. me off so much, even in the trailers. I think that was one of the biggest things. Like, I honestly was just like, it's a caricature of Elvis. And he just didn't even like, I know he like became Elvis and started talking like Elvis, blah, 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 could care less. Like, it's just, it's just nothing about it was believable. The cheese stands alone once again. Um, so best actor, motion picture, drama, who is going to win and who should win? I think we're going to, we're both going to agree on this one. Hold on. Best actor. I don't even see it. Austin Butler. Oh yeah. Brandon Brandon Frazier. Duh. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Like no doubt. It's Brandon Frazier. Yeah. Well, we won't talk. Yeah. Go ahead. No. If like, if anyone who watches that movie and doesn't think he deserves an Oscar is just like out of this world yeah so we're or we not will, an oscar a globe and an oscar like all of it like what will, a brilliant performance we will talk more about his performance in a little bit um i think he is gonna walk away with it and uh here's the thing though and this happened in a darren aronofsky movie just a little maybe a few years ago uh mickey rourke in the wrestler gave the performance of his life he had all the momentum after the globes going into the oscars and then he lost and I am scared that I might see that happen here because uh, Brendan Fraser, everyone is talking about him. I feel like he might peak too soon. And uh, I, I have a, I have this feeling in my gut that when the Oscars roll around, he might lose to Colin Farrell. I know that sounds crazy, but I think really? it's going to happen. Yeah. You really think that Colin Farrell gave a better performance I don't, I don't. for the Oscars, for like the Oscars to recognize? I don't. I don't. But here we have Colin Farrell, similar situation, an actor who's been working a very long time, who's been doing good work for for a very long time. This year, he had two phenomenal performances, not just one, but two. Uh, If if you remember, he was the Penguin earlier this year. Yes, he was. I would not be surprised if he stole it. I I wouldn't be surprised. All right. Well, we'll revisit this in a month. Yeah. All right. So that is our look at the Globes in a nutshell with a little bit of uh, um, Aronofsky talk, I guess. Wait, say, and also um, White Lotus. Yeah, you want to do another one? I want to do another one. Uh, right. Musical or comedy? Ooh, best picture? Yeah. All right. I got, let's see here. The nominees are Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Glass Onion, Triangle of Sadness. I know you watch Triangle. I have not. It's, but if I have. I it, it looked like something I would enjoy. The trailer is really exciting. Yeah. And that's really where it ends at the trailer. Like you don't have to watch <laughs> You didn't it. like it. Yeah, no. Okay. All right. Well, I will say this. I think that the Banshees of Inisherin should win. I think because of the, the Globes push for more diversity this year and because it's such a loved movie that was very off the wall, but also very multi-ethnic, I think everything, everywhere, all at once will win. What do you think? I actually think the same thing. And I just like, I might, I, I don't know. Like that everything everywhere all at once is so off the wall. And like, I hated every moment of it that it almost makes me think that it's going to win and I'm just going to get turned off. But we, we will agree to disagree about this film. I, I loved it. Okay. Yeah. What'd you think of the glass onion? Oh, I, I loved it. it. But it's not the, t- the kind of movie. Yeah, it's that not the kind of movie. Like, that's what I mean. It's like, nothing is like really great. Like, it's 
they're all okay films, right? Like nothing's yeah. like really stand out right now. And I just, I'm surprised people are saying this is the best year for film and like since 2019. That all was right. our look. That was our look at the Globes. We're going to take a short break and come back with a review of The Whale. I know these rules can feel constraining, but remember, the point of this course is to learn how to write clearly and persuasively. Think about that. Think about the truth of your argument. You're an amazing person, Ellie. I couldn't ask for a more incredible daughter. Are you actually trying to parent me right now? Who would want me to be a part of their life? We are back, and that was a look at the trailer for The Whale. Uh, the Whale is a movie about a reclusive English teacher that attempts to reconnect with his estranged teenage daughter. The English teacher is played by Brendan Fraser, and uh, Sadie Sink from uh, Stranger Things uh, fame plays the daughter. So I saw this this week. Uh, you said you had a strong reaction to it. You were a little bit cryptic as in terms of what that reaction was, but my gut tells me you really love the film. So why don't you kick us off and let us know just your initial thoughts about the film? I think the only word that can sum up this film for me is just wow and brilliant because it's very rare that a movie that's what under two hours can explore so many deep human topics and tug on your emotions and actually make me cry. Like I, I went to an early showing, maybe it was like 10 or 11 in the morning. By the time I came out, I was like, my eyes were just like, I was crying. Like I was like actually crying. And um, it's because Brandon Fraser is so brilliant and convincing. Like it's, there are moments where you just like, you believe that this is a real like a real, real human, not an actor playing someone. Like, it's just, it's really hard to believe that he's acting. Yeah. Um, and also, I know when we first started recording and we first met on this podcast, I told you that Requiem for a Dream is the reason I, I'm such a film fanatic and I like dark mm. movies and um, mm -hmm. I just need more from a film than, you know, just like happy ending or surface, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was reminded why that, you know, why Aronofsky is so brilliant at what mm -hmm. he does and why he's probably one of the main reasons I love movies as much as I do and why I appreciate mm -hmm. the art of movies so much as I do. Mm -hmm. um, and why I think he dictated a lot of my taste in cinema mm. and this uh, like really brought it full circle. Okay. Is he one of your favorite filmmakers of all time? Would you say? I thought you would ask me this. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost like, I don't know because I loved so much um, pie. Like I love pie and I love Requiem for a Dream. I loved it. Yeah. But when Mother came out, I could have, cared less and that's what that's why like it's really hard for me to say is he one of my favorite hmm. movie maker like yeah. I it's hard but then something like the whale comes out and I'm just like this is lightning in the bottle like yeah. it's brilliant I don't know who else besides him could have cast the film so perfectly and 
just shot it in such a beautiful and at the same time dark and heartbreaking way yeah I feel like his wheelhouse is making movies about tragic characters on the downward slope of their life. And uh, the smaller the scale on which that story is told, the better the the film is. Um, he did a few other things. I mean, Mother, um, I agree with you. I was not a huge fan. Noah, um, I wasn't a huge fan of either. You know, I, I come from a religious background, but it was just odd. Uh, I feel like he was trying to do that same take, a guy that's kind of about to fall apart and just barely holding things together. But I just felt like he had larger budgets for Mother, for Noah. And it was almost, yeah, like I said, his downfall. I, I, for movies like The Wrestler or Black Swan, I mean, a lot of Black Swan was shot in subway trains where he was literally using a DSLR to shoot for a film like The Whale. Um, all of it, literally all of it took place in one apartment with maybe like five or six characters, which is really, really amazing. Um, I, he is one of my favorite filmmakers. Uh, seeing how he blocks out a, a scene or a shot, how he films it, how he's able to you know, bring so much depth and make a scene look so cinematic, even though like in this case, everything took place in an apartment. That's where he really amazes me. His performance, Brendan Fraser, was the center of the film. And the thing about him is, you know, I think people are going to get the wrong impression coming into this movie. They think, oh, Brendan Fraser probably gained some weight. He got in a fat suit and he plays a fat guy and in the film. Um, and, you know, honestly, I, I don't want to be, you know, rude or politically incorrect, but um, that's kind of what people are thinking when they come to see this movie. But the truth of the matter is he inhabits the character. He's the moral center of the character. He like you said, um, you don't think that it's an actor dressed up in a fat suit. You think that this guy really is that. Um, never for a moment did it feel fake or artificial. And it wasn't just about this guy who's about to die you know, from, from his waking. No, he had these amazing quiet moments where he speaks to some deep truths about life that he really wants to believe. He wants to believe that people are good, that his daughter is good. And that leads him to feel both an extreme amount of sadness and also an extreme amount of joy at the end. And it's those little moments that I felt like really made his performance really, really, really strong. Now, let me ask you this. What about the movie didn't you like? Was there anything that kind of stuck out that you were like, whoa, what was going on there? Honestly, yeah, no, because altogether, it's really brilliant storytelling that touches again a film that's under two hours is very mm. rare to come about these days yeah. and um a lot of complex storytelling requires a lot more time than you know 120 minutes and that's why we get like multi-episode shows and series just to explore and yet mm. in this um in this movie we get so many deep topics that are touched on like family dynamics we get religion we get father daughter like husband wife we get teacher student um relationships and it's all um just woven into this tapestry that does feel complete yeah, I had a few issues with some of the storytelling. Nothing about his performance, which I thought was honestly the best that I've seen all year. Um, some of the side characters, there's literally on the cast list, there is seven names. Uh, you know, two are played 
who basically mm-hmm. uh, play the same person, which is Ellie, the daughter. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, the side characters for me, how they were written felt really thin. I mean, I tend to roll really? my eyes. I, I tend to roll my eyes when I see someone playing a Christian missionary on film trying to convert someone. And with that whole angle of like, oh, Christians are hypocrites and stuff like that. I'm okay with that being in a movie, but I would like it to be a little bit more fleshed out. I actually thought the actor Ty Simpkins that played him was great. I thought the character just was written a little bit poorly. I also wasn't maybe the biggest fan of Hong Chao as, as Liz. I thought I thought she was so brilliant. Like people are mm-hmm. raving about her performance because yeah. when I walked out, I was like, she was so convincing. And then I was like, well, maybe it's just me and it's not just me. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just, it's so believable. She had moments of real uh, depth that I really appreciated. I, I think, to be honest with you, the, maybe the, the real issue I had is, you know, this was originally a stage play that took place on mm-hmm. a stage. So yeah. uh, I feel like a lot of the dialogue was ported over directly and it wasn't really, the scenes weren't made to be more cinematic. There was a lot of, uh, you know, we're taught in English class, right? Show, not tell. And, you know, we're taught that if you're writing a movie here, you have a bunch of people talking about the backstory and actors having to explain it. And uh, I think that's where it might have felt a little clunky for me when, you know, if you saw that on a stage, it wouldn't have been the case. So, you know, like there's that scene where Hong Chao, you know, reveals, uh, spoiler alert, that her brother was actually Brendan Fraser's boyfriend. And that's what their connection is. Scenes like that for me felt a little, okay, she's just talking. But then scenes at the end where she is playing off of Brendan Fraser talking about how, People are amazing. Scenes like that, I thought she was really, really good in. Um, Interesting. Can I I ask you what you thought about Sadie Sink? I, again, thought she was very convincing because, like, her character is so... Angry? Yeah, just, just cold and... I don't want to say evil, even though that's what her own mother in the movie describes her as. She just says she's evil, but it's believable. That's what, that's exactly what um, a, a high school kid who's going through something like that um, would be. Mm-hmm. And I know kids, um, not kids, like, I guess people, like some people who I've grown up with, um, who did act that way because they were dealing with something, you know, with some internal like family mm-hmm. bullshit, maybe yeah. not on that scale, but if you put it in perspective and like what she was actually going through, like mm-hmm. that's a lot for a kid to process like yeah. a lot. So I, I, I can see, I can see why she was acting out like that. Yeah, I mean, for her character, I wasn't, so when I was watching her, I was thinking, um, you know, like these big emotions are easier to act out. It can come off instead of dramatic as melodramatic. Um, She played these big feelings of anger and resentment and things like that. Um, And she did it well. And like complete abandonment because she is so alone. Like her mom didn't let her communicate with her dad who, you know, left for another man. And now he's overweight and she doesn't have any friends. And like, she takes pictures of like dead dogs and posts them and like sabotages all of her relationships. Like that is complete, like palpable isolation for a really young girl. Yeah. 
Here's the thing about her that I thought was was really good. I didn't like it at first because I felt like it was very two dimensional. I thought, oh, she's playing the angry girl that's scarred, but inside she's you know just broken, and and that goodness is gonna come out at the end. So I I saw that, and that's what I thought was gonna happen. But somewhere in the middle of the film, I thought, holy cow, she really is evil. She is awful. She's terrible. There's no goodness. There's no goodness left in her. So the fact that I, my opinion of her and her character changed to that extent. And then at the end, you know, she cracks when she says, dad, please don't make me, you know, please don't make me do this. And she starts crying. That crying wouldn't have been as convincing for me. It wouldn't have been as good if I didn't somewhere in the middle of the film believe that, holy mm -hmm. cow, she's actually, she's just like a sociopath. I, I, I went there. I thought that. So she, she was really good. Um, I, I appreciate her performance I think there's a, a beautiful quote in the film somewhere where I forget who says it, but it's like humans don't have the ability to like not care. And yeah. then you witness this girl who doesn't care about anything. And then she actually for a split moment does. And this, yeah. it's like when he needs her the most. So, okay, let's talk about the ending. Um, so it is very obvious at the beginning of this movie that he is going to die. Number one, because of his situation, he has congestive heart failure. I believe they said he weighs over 600 pounds, but also yes, 600 I know pounds, he's going to die because this is a Darren Aronofsky movie and there are no happy endings in Darren Aronofsky movies. And so. also we have the countdown, like in the very yeah. beginning, um, he is told you're, you're barely going to make it a week. And then we get the countdown, like every day of the week is displayed on the screen. Yeah. So I have a question for you at the end. Um, he really wants, he knows he's dying. He wants to believe that there's good in people and he wants to go out feeling good about his daughter, about who he is. He even says so, like, I need to believe that I created something good. Yeah, and, he said, I want to know like that I did something right. Like, right. And, yeah, like that his life like meant something. So I, I have a question for you. And, and I don't know if you had even thought about this, the end that happens in which he is revealed that the essay that he's always asking people to read to him, you know, he's a college professor. He likes reading what people think. Um, <laughs> Honest opinions. He always yeah. says, just write what you know. Yeah. Otherwise, like once other professors start to ask you like to rewrite things, like you will yeah. lose your voice and lose your identity. So write wanna, something honest. Yeah. I want to ask you at the end of the film, did that really happen um, where his daughter cracked and she cried? And yeah. uh, or, or was it all in his head? Because that's what he wanted to believe before he died. What do you think? I think it actually happened. Like, I don't think he was that delusional that it didn't. Mm -hmm. Again, I like reflect to that quote. I think maybe the mom said it or something. Or maybe, I don't know. Someone in the film says like that humans like don't have like as much as we don't want. Like we don't have the ability to like not care. So like we like no matter how hard we try not to care, we do. And so I think that's that's kind of like the point of of that last scene is that mm -hmm. throughout the movie, she is uh Sadie Singh's character, you know, the daughter, she just like hates everything and doesn't care and just seems like she's only after the money. And it's like, is she giving him sleeping pills to kill him to get that money sooner, whatever? But really, I think it shows that she does. She does care. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit for our listeners. Why do here. you think it happened in his head? 
I've been playing around with this idea okay. quite a bit um, because at the end, after, you know, he gets free and, you know, he's walking towards her. First off, I don't think he would be able to get up from the chair. And then secondly, he, he levitates. Um, he's set free metaphorically, physically. And, you know, that that's common, actually, in Aronofsky movies. Like you have Natalie Portman literally like mm -hmm. sprouting wings in her back. So there are moments where things go a little bit supernatural. So that's okay. But um, Brendan Fraser believes, so let's back it up a little bit. Uh, there's that Christian missionary character that we talked about earlier. It's revealed that he was lying, that he actually ran away from home. He had stolen money and that mm -hmm. he's ashamed to go back. And uh, during when he reveals this, Sadie Sink's character, Ellie, records the whole conversation. It's revealed that he she found out where he lived, sent the recording back home, and that uh, you know eventually it actually opened things up for the missionary to be honest and you know his parents said i don't care what you did we love you we want you to come home and brendan fraser believes that his daughter did this to help him i don't mm -hmm. believe that i don't no, believe he did it to, no yeah. she did it to hurt him yeah. like that's her that is her um that's literally like her compass is to yeah. not care and to hurt people and she yeah. does want to hurt right. her father not only like emotionally but also physically when she's like get up and walk to me and walk to me in the beginning we yeah. see it like she actually wants to hurt him when she gives him sleeping pills like we know that so that's the thing that when he, when she records that conversation and we know in that moment i believe that she sent that to his parents to hurt him mm -hmm. um he interprets that differently and says oh no she sent that to to open up a, a, a pathway of communication for him to go back home so the the thing that makes him believe that people are inherently good to us as a viewer is obviously a lie, which makes me call it, which calls into question everything that happens at the end. Maybe she's not really good. Maybe the good that he wants to see isn't there. And that makes me question whether all of that even took place. That's kind of I think where my head's at. It's all fair. And I don't think that maybe she's inherently good. But no evil is 100% pure evil. And I think when you see your father, you know, one of your parents dying, no matter how much you hate them, like, I, I just can't imagine that she would have been like, well, fuck you and I'm leaving, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm, yeah. I, I think maybe that was the only good she could give him as he was going out. Mm. Um, that's why I, I I truly think that did happen. It does happen in the play that um, he dies because he does try to stand up and with his medical condition and his inability to stand. I mean, we saw he's unable to stand up without, um, you know, AIDS. Um, the fact that he tries to stand up on his own and make a step, that's really what kills him. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it's like, we can interpret that as of though she killed him because she was like, walk to me, walk to me without, you know, without your, um, whatever the walker yeah, is. Yeah. And, you know, maybe in the way she does kill him and she is responsible for him going, not in a hundred percent, like, you know, she didn't actually kill him and we know he's dying, but we also know that the act of him standing up and trying to walk towards her is yeah. what, takes him out and the only reason why he even wants to do it is to prove to her that he can so she can respect him so i think that's why she you know gives him yeah. that one thing that his he has been wanting okay okay got it 
if oh, that I, makes any sense. It does. It does. Okay. And in terms of just like a character arc, that scene at the end, you know, we it's, it's shown that he is a, a college professor and that he teaches classes, um, you know, over Zoom, but he keeps his camera off. The fact that he reviews reveals himself at the end uh, shows who he really is and just wants people to be honest. And that scene at the end where he stands up uh, in that moment, she doesn't tell him, walk to me. She says that to him earlier. He chooses to do that and put himself out there, which is something that he was never really able to do before. So I thought, yeah, I, I definitely don't think she was trying to, to hurt him in that scene. I thought it was very beautiful that he was able to even try to get up on his own without being asked. And I think that showed how far his character had come. In some sense absolutely so, but yeah. then at the same time like don't you agree that she's even responsible for putting that thought into his head because yeah. um we yeah. watched up until their interaction him the only way he's able to stand up is with all of these devices um around his um yeah. apartment and then he has to get a wheelchair and you know like he like we are throughout the film are convinced that if it was up to him, he wouldn't have done it. And the only person he would have tried to like stand up for and attempt to walk without any support is for her because yeah. she was kind of like at the very last hours of his life or maybe that one last week, she was like the whole meaning of yeah. his life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess. Yeah, I could definitely see that. See it that way. All right, let's go ahead and jump to our final critiques of the movie out of five stars. What do you give this film? I'm giving this four and a half only because this is not something I will, I can bring myself to watch again. I've, re, you know, all, all of his movies, again, except for Mother, I think I've seen at least twice. Um, mm -hmm because it's some you know it's just like they are works of art like I do think his films are brilliant and you need to rewatch them for so for so many missable details and it's just how could you not this I I can't bring myself to to do it mm. I I don't think I I just don't know what has to possess me to rewatch it again and for yeah. that it's a I'm knocking it only a half because it is for the beauty that how emotional it is, I think it's it's downfall as well. Mm, got it. Um, all right. For me, I give, well, I will give Brandon Fraser's performance a five out of five. I, I will give the movie a score of a three and a half out of five. It's still good. People think that's like, you know, not a good review for me. Um, I enjoyed the movie. There were things I didn't like. You know, I, I talked about some of those things, a lot of the explaining, a lot of the talking, which made it feel like it was meant for more first stage. But uh, overall, I still really, really enjoyed it. I would definitely watch this again. It, it, I think it's up there with maybe his top four films for sure. Which are um, which are what? Uh, I really love The Wrestler. Um, that's mm -hmm. my number one, actually. Isn't the story the same, though? It's like a father on the way out who yeah. wants to yeah. make peace with his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very true. Yeah. The, that world of the wrestler, it was fascinating to me. Uh, so one of the many reasons probably why I like the film so much is because I grew up a huge wrestling fan. So yeah, that that's my number one. Number two, Black Swan. Number three is Requiem. And number four is, is this one. So yeah. It's what? Number four is what? Uh, this one. Yeah. Okay. The whale. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Pi is not even in any uh, on your list. I, I loved Pi. 
but it felt like a very experimental film. I mean, it was an experimental film. I, I enjoyed the the filmmaking. Uh, it felt very raw to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wasn't that his first one? It was, yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, no, I, you know, when you start out with a film like Pi as your first, yeah. as your first one, like, I think the only way to go is up, except for, I mean, obviously, Mother was kind of like a fluke. Yeah, Mother was not. A, uh, yeah, he's allowed to have one. Like, <laughs> he's allowed to have one, <laughs> one bad one. But just, just one. Just no, but, I mean, they're all such good films. And yeah, and again, maybe he is one of my favorite filmmakers. I don't know. I'll get back to you. I thought you'd ask me this. And Here's the weird thing. And, you know, I feel like the more money you give him to make a movie, the more hindering it is for him. I feel like when I watch his movies, there's something liberating about a man using limited resources to tell this amazing story about tragic figures. I think there's something really beautiful about that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was our review of the film, The Whale. We'll go ahead and take a brief, we'll take a short break and come back with a review of the movie, The Banshees of Inishirin. Stay tuned. Colin, Sonny, Larry. Didn't you and he used to be the best of friends? We're still the best of friends. No, you're not. Who says we're not? Sit somewhere else. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. Well, you didn't do anything to me. I just don't like you no more. You didn't like me yesterday. Why does he not want to be friends with you no more? Why is he 12? What the hell's going on with you, me feckin' brother? He's dull, Siobhan. But he's always been dull. The other night, two hours, you spent talking to me about the things you found in your little donkey shite that day. Well, it wasn't me little donkey shite. It was me pony shite, which shows how much you were listening. If you don't stop talking to me... Colm! And if you don't stop bothering me, I have a set of shears at home. And each time you bother me from this day on, I'll take those shears and I'll take one of my fingers off with them and I'll give that finger to you until I have no fingers left. Does this make things clearer to you? Not really, no. Starting from now. But shush like, Polly. You know, shush like. Yeah, I'd shush like. Would you not want him to have to do the one finger to see if he was bluffing like? No, we wouldn't. Because worse goes to worse. He can still play the fiddle with four fingers, I bet you. Going back to your own gang now, Polly. I'm talking to me, are you? Why aren't you talking to Polly no more? That wouldn't be a sin now, would it, Anna? No, but it's not very nice either, is it? Do you know who we remember for how nice they was in the 17th century? Who? Absolutely no one. Yet yeah, we all remember the music at the time. Everyone to a man knows Mozart's name. I don't, so there goes that theory. That was a look at the trailer for The Banshees of Inishirin, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. The movie is about two lifelong friends who find themselves at an impasse when one of them abruptly ends their relationship with alarming consequences for both of them. So you and I had watched this, I believe, on HBO Max. Um, you picked kind of the first movie, The Whale, and I said, oh, let's go ahead and do this one. Um, what did you think about this movie? I actually really liked it. Okay. I don't know. Um, um, it was interesting to see um, these two guys back together from their time um, in Bruges. Have you seen that one? That's on my on my watch list. Everyone you tells me I have seen to watch it. it. No, no. Same director, same cast. Yeah. It's Martin McDonough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. 
so it was really exciting and like um I've not to brag but I've been to Bruges and I love uh, Bruges and uh, you know I was only so excited to watch this <laughs> even though it has nothing to do with Belgium this takes place in Ireland on um I guess a made-up island um during the during the civil war uh, but all I can say is like this was like a different time a different world like being able to teleport into something that's not like our everyday and watch these characters make sense of their life against the backdrop of a war um you know at like like later in life because our characters aren't young you know we're watching two grown men um try to find almost like meaning in life while there's a war going on in the background i can see how that could have happened yeah yeah for me i i did really love this film um the story felt small in a sense small similar to the whale i guess maybe if there was a similarity between the two movies it's it's a small scale about small scale films about relationships but the way this was shot was just like epic level filmmaking with these beautiful vistas and even like the production design of the houses that they lived in the way that they were shot in the houses with the light coming in everything looks so natural the costume design it was absolutely beautiful um like the, the uh, performances uh, there was not a bad one and there were so many that were just so on point uh, i if i had to call out a performance i would definitely say barry i think i'm saying his last name right barry keown i, I believe it is i think that's right it was yeah. just hilarious and heartbreaking and cute and at the same time tragic by the end, I mean, okay, let's go back. Who had yeah, a better, go. who had a better year than Barry Keown? This guy steals the Eternals with all of these amazing actors on camera. He plays the Joker in the Batman, and he steals, quite possibly steals, a movie that's nominated for Best Picture. Who had a better year than this guy? I don't know. Paul Dano, maybe. I don't know. He he was great in two films, but three films this year. Who 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 is better than him? Anyway, no, he's great. He's in a good spot. Obviously, yeah. he's in a yeah. really really good spot. I have to say, if yeah. we start breaking down the story, you know, and talking about how small it is, of course it's small. We are on an island outside of quote unquote Ireland, like on this. Obviously, it's made up, but it's it's not a big island. It's small that they can walk from one side yeah. to another. So obviously, it is already so nuclear. Um, and then we're talking, what is it, like 1929, maybe? Like 1920s? Yeah. Um, yeah. What was there to do on an island? You know, you just raise your um, your domesticated animals. You go to your friends and you drink at the pub. So There was when- no electricity either. There's no electricity Honestly, in this nothing yeah. and then in the background you see you hear like gunshots and you hear about people being executed so of course like what like what is there to do when you think you are going to die what does he say like he has like what 12 more years left or something um he wants to find some meaning in his life and stop talking about mundane things and just maybe feel like his life also had some meaning and write maybe music mm-hmm. and hopefully be remembered uh, for that. And then Colin Farrell is like, I don't remember like anyone for music. I just remember current day. Like who cares who's going to remember you? Why don't you just, 
be a good person and a good friend to me. Yeah. So then when Colin Farrell's character, you know, loses his best friend and then his sister and then his pet donkey. Yeah. All there's left to do. And then, um, and I guess his other best friend, the the young boy, I guess, like his whole life just loses meaning. So what else is there left to do then become the very epitome of what he refused to be in this world you know like hateful carries grudges vengeful yeah uh just so destruct you know like he just wants to go and destroy this house for no reason like why set it on fire well what else is he going to do like what else is there left for him to do when he can no longer be good and it's another story of abandonment and isolation and trying to find meaning in life if we do find more similarities between this and the whale so let's go back to that moment where this movie is probably going to lose a lot of people and people are going to have a strong reaction to it um brendan gleason's character colm um tells colin farrell's character paulrick apparently d's and r's are are silent in in this on this island but basically you know paulrick refuses to let this guy go as a friend and eventually colm says hey if you keep talking to me, I'm going to start chopping my fingers off until you leave me alone. And you're just like, what? That That's such a weird thing to say. But this guy actually starts going Especially through Especially because it. he's a musician and he wants to write. And then yeah. the sister is like, you do know your like, whole life's meaning is going to be lost yeah. because yeah. you're trying to prove something to the guy yeah. you no longer want as your friend. So- and then at that point, it's too late. <laughs> I felt like that's the moment where Martin McDonough says, okay, you're either going to commit to this movie fully and join me on this journey the rest of the way through, or I'm going to lose you. So he mm-hmm. took a risk. And when that happened, I was like, oh crap, I'm on board. This is awesome. Because I realized at that moment, this is a story not to be taken literally. It's it's a fable. The, the setting, the environment that they're in, this little island, the fact that there's a war going off on the side that they hear gunshots from. It's a movie about relationships, about the human condition, how we how we respond to things and people when we ourselves, when we change, and maybe the people don't change around us, when we want to move on from things and from people, but those things and people don't want to let us move on and how we react, how we become vengeful, what are the things that happen that, that creates that sort of feelings within us. And so in that sense, I felt like it was just a truly deep movie that I'm still actually unpacking quite a bit. Um, it was also really funny. I was not expecting that. So there's that scene, my wife and I were watching this movie and you know, this is the type of movie that she would fall asleep in 30 minutes in. She stayed awake the whole time. She was sick, but she was like laughing. And, and there's that scene where um, Colm, he had at this point chopped off all of his fingers, but he plays the fiddle and he goes to the bar every night and plays you know, the fiddle with his friends, he has no fingers left. So instead he's just bobbing his head, shaking his, his instrument. Fiddle, yeah, yeah we, we were dying. It was hilarious that, you know, something like that would happen right after we saw that grotesque scene in which he throws all of his fingers at, you know, mm-hmm. Albrecht's store. So yeah, there, there were moments where it, where it was laugh out loud funny, where we were shrieking, but yeah, I was all in. I really did love this movie. Um, I do think you're right where you said it's about like human condition because that relationship isn't just applicable to two guy friends like it could have been 
a sibling relationship of like a parent child relationship. It could have been like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship where one is like so over the other's mundane BS and wants to just like change something and things don't change. And like, what are you left to do? You kind of go to the extreme and then where's the other, like it comes as a shock. Like their world is so wrecked and they don't know what's going on. And and he was trying to be like so humorous and come at him with like this friendship. And it's almost like Cole was throwing these like nuggets of like, almost like not gaslighting him, but like, it's obvious that he still cared about his friend when he like picks him up and drives him home or like tell someone like, Oh, this was the best that I've seen. Um, what does he say? Like Cole says something like, Oh yeah. So he yeah. acts up, right. He got, yeah, I think he got like, drunk. Mm-hmm. He was screaming at him. And then, I think uh, his sister apologizes and he's like, no, this isn't like the most interesting he's been for as long as I've known him. Of course, then like Colin Farrell's character is like, oh shit, like this is my in, like I I have my back in. And then like, it's almost, honestly, you can, you can see that with like any kind of relationship where people still care about each other, but one wants to go a separate way and the other almost wants to like hold on to like not ruin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. Then their relationship is messy. And that's why I love the end so much. It's not a clear cut ending. You know, they don't all die and they don't make up, but they basically see each other like on a beach and they kind of hint at the fact that this is not over. It's going to continue this awkwardness. They're trapped on an island, like you said, where you can walk from one end to the other. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's not over. It's going to be weird. And who knows what will happen to them. But I love how there is a lack of finality in the ending. It was the perfect ending for this movie. Because like you said, in real life, you, the ending of friendships, relationships, they're messy. And I think this was meant to kind of be a metaphor for that. So, yeah, I thought it was a beautiful ending. What did absolutely. you think? Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I do think that maybe Cole will now have more of respect for his now lost friend who now all he wants to do is destroy him rather you know and it's just it's really sad because his entire life Colin Farrell's character I cannot pronounce his name that's why I refuse to do it um Horik Horik (laughs) (laughs) thank you um he just says I want to be good. Like, I want to be good. I'm good. I might not be the smartest on this island, but at least like I have all these like, like, you know, like he says, I'm like a good person and I'm fun and people like me. And then he becomes a complete opposite. And that's when Colm starts to what, like find him interesting again. Yeah. It's almost like you could relate that to like a boyfriend, girlfriend situation, you know, when like a guy like drops a girl and then she becomes a complete opposite of what she was. And he's like, all right, now I'm going to ruin your life. And he's like, Oh, now I love you. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's what happens. It's exactly what happened. And then he was like gaslighting, uh, gaslighting the entire, like the entire film's like, no, stay away. No, I like you. No, go away. No, like we can. It's Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's a bromance. That's what it is. Totally it's a bromance. A bromance. Yeah. But in a way, like, it's, again, that relationship can be any kind of dynamic, mm-hmm. really. It's almost yeah. like you can even, ref- like, you can almost, like, project it to, like, I don't want to, like, uh, simplify it to the very basic, but it can almost be, like, 
a man and a dog, like his pet, you know, like yeah. he loved his dog and then the dog didn't do anything. But he's like, I can no longer have a dog. I want to go do something else with my life. Gets rid of the dog and the dog keeps coming back. And then the owner kind of like pets it on the head and it's like, oh, here's the treat. But then it's like, no, go away. No, come back. And then, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's you can, honestly any kind of relationship. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. There's always the aggressor or the one that breaks it off. And there's always the one that kind of tries to tries to find their way back in because but they also say like the aggressor the person who wants to end a relationship has been sitting on that information for at least two weeks you know they've been brewing and they've been coming to terms with and they're like oh this is what my life is going to be like until they actually like come to terms and end it in real life and then the person on the receiving end just like that's the second that breakup quote-unquote happens but for the person initiating the breakup that's already happened. They're like already moving on. Yeah. So yeah. it's this is totally that. Absolutely. It's just in like, you know, like in some extreme way. But yeah, like it's I don't know. Do you think um compared to three billboards, this is like a step up or a step down? Neither, but I did love three billboards a lot more. It was a, a larger scale movie with, uh, in my opinion, um, more memorable performances, mm-hmm. I should say. But yeah, I, I, I love that movie quite a bit more than this one. I don't know how you felt, feel about it. Okay. Just because I'm only asking because we talked about the mother, you know, and um, now the whale as being like a better, like a step up for Aronofsky and yeah. then comparing these two recent movies. Um, yeah. Okay. We, we talk a little bit about how, you know, certain filmmakers are allowed to make a bad movie here and there. Mm-hmm. Martin McDonough, although I haven't seen all of his work, I haven't seen him make a bad movie yet. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. I'm really excited to see what he does next. Really, uh, You should probably wa- see uh, The Bruges while you wait for the yeah. next one. Yeah, I'll check that out. I yeah, even I like just... Seven I even like Seven Psychopaths. I don't know if you saw that one. I like no, that I have not seen that one. Yeah, yeah. that was a fun But one. I remember seeing in Bruges, oh my gosh, what what has it been like 20 years ago and thinking it was so brilliant like even back then yeah so yeah it's it's wild that (laughs) people can continue to make really good films for such a long time and some are just like one hit wonders all righty that was our review of the film in bruges so no not in bruges (laughs) well i should keep that one in (laughs) even (laughs) even in that was our review of the film. What movie is this? Oh, yeah. The Banshees of Inner Sharon, whereas my wife calls it the Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Uh, what is your final review of the film out of five stars? I'm giving this one also four and a half. Wow. Okay. I'll give four it four. and a half because four. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm giving this four and a half because if you hop on it, and enjoy the ride for what it is without taking it so literal. Yeah. I think this film sticks with you for a while, even though it's pretty quiet in its in its nature, you yeah. know? So yeah. yeah. I don't think I'll be rewatching it again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need yeah. I got I got the gist and it's good. I just don't need to rewatch it. That, that's the key. And that's the thing. I don't want to ruin it for people and say, you have to go in as if you're watching a, a, a metaphor, a fable. I don't want to say that. I would rather have people watch it and see at that moment, 
when the first finger comes off, if they're still on board. That that's what I want to see. I'm just surprised he did four all together. Yeah. It wasn't like one at a time. It was just yeah. you know four all together. But yeah. whatever. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was our review of the film. Ah, the Banshees of Inisherin. I keep forgetting the name of it. It's it's a hard name to forget yet an easy name to remember because it's so specific. I don't know if that makes any sense, but anyhow. Yeah, you know what a banshee is? Yeah, it's those mythical figures that scream so loud or sing so loud that it could kill you or drive you crazy. No, I think they're like mythical creatures who come to a family to let them know that a a family member will die. Like they come to alarm the family of of a family member's death. That's a lot creepier than what I just said. That that's yeah. scary. I don't, I don't it like does that. happen in the film if you think yeah. about it, but yeah. whatever. Okay. That one that one character, right? That the, one character. There, there was that one scene where I thought it was just kind of on the nose, yet really cool, where uh Colin Farrell's in the in the in the foreground and in the background, you have that woman uh looking like death holding her thing in the background mm-hmm. and it's completely out of focus. I was waiting for the rack so we could see her, but it doesn't. It just keeps her out of focus, which was all of them are creepy, but anyway. She was so cool. Yeah, she was cool. All okay, right. So that was our review of what film? The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yes. All right, The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. But anyway, I, I, you know, that this was our first episode back after a long break. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it, we can do a little better, but, you know, we appreciate you all joining us. Um, make sure you like, subscribe, no. smash that whatever. Right. Did I get it all? Like, share, subscribe. Is that the same? Sure. Is that what? We, I yeah. don't know, guys. We're a little rusty, but thanks for if you made it this far. Thanks yeah. for hanging with yeah. us. Uh, and we'll, we will, we'll do better. We'll do better next time. And we'll next time we'll um, talk smack on the globes. Yeah, we'll do that. Eventually, we'll have to put out a top 10 of 2022. Um, but we'll give ourselves and our a most chance. anticipated films for 2023. Uh, we'll give ourselves a little bit of time to catch up on 2022. I know I have a few more movies to watch, but. That will, that will be coming soon, uh, as well as an episode, like you said, where we talk smack on the globes. But until then, thank you for joining us. Stay safe.